Courtney Clapp, and I want to welcome you to this week's episode of the Clapp Co. Podcast. Think of me as your virtual goal coach. I'm here to cheer you on as you put in the work on your next goal. It's been said that efficiency is kind of my superpower, and I want to share that superpower with you. Join me each week as I share answers to your questions about all things productivity, momentum, goal setting, efficiency, organization, and some good old-fashioned motivation as we chase our goals together. This is the Clap Code Podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Clap Code Podcast. I'm so excited to be with you today. It is quickly turning into my favorite time of the week where I sit down with a fancy warm, delicious coffee beverage and talk to a guest about what they're passionate about and what they're up to in the world. And it's always good things. So I'm excited to introduce to you Allison Keller today. She is the owner and the founder of the Allison Keller Co. And she is joining us from Three Forks, Montana. Thanks so much for joining us today, Allison. Thank you, Courtney. I love you. You are so warm and inviting and wonderful. And I really am so honored to be on here. I can't wait to talk to you more today. Yeah, I'm excited. We were having too much fun chatting uh, here before we hit record. And I said, I could just talk to you all day, but let's, let's hit record. Let's get this on a podcast. So we're excited to welcome everybody to listen in on our conversation, be a fly on the wall, really. And why don't you tell us a little bit, Allison, about your story and how you got to where you are now? Well, I would love to. And uh, like I said, before we started recording, if I'm rambling too much, just make signals at me and I'll wrap it up. No, we want to hear it all. (laughs) Okay. Um, So Montana is home for me. I am a Montana girl through and through. Um, but I was actually born in Georgia. My dad comes from the South. So growing up, we moved a lot and lived in a bunch of different places. So I was born in Georgia and then we moved to Washington, moved to Montana, moved to Idaho, and then moved back to Montana. And I, um, spent the majority of my adolescent life in Montana. So Montana's home to me for that reason, but also because it is just, an extension of who I am and I love it so much. So I say I'm from Montana when I meet people. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I am the middle child and I have an older sister and a younger brother. And I was the typical stereotype for a middle child. I believe in like with the birth roles, you know, that there are really some things that follow you the rest of your life, depending on what order you are. Mm-hmm. And I was the typical middle child where I was very quiet, but also I was a lot different than my siblings because I grew up as a very quiet, introverted, creative um, individual. And I would say weird, especially compared to other people around me, but it was that, you know, creative person inside of me. Whereas like, you know, my sister was really popular her whole life. My brother was really popular. And then there I was in the middle, just kind of, kind of trying to find my own way and kind of feeling like I was living in their shadows. And um, growing up, that was hard for me, but it absolutely I wouldn't change it for anything because it has to do with who I am today. So I grew up, you know, quiet, creative, hung out a lot with my cat. Uh, (laughs) Shout out to pumpkin, uh, rest in peace. (laughs) But, But from a very early age, I realized my love of entrepreneurship. I would start my own businesses. Um, naturally, you know, didn't really make any money, but I would do, um, I, my very first business that I can remember was I would find items around the house and turn them into like Barbie furniture, um, and sell that, uh, to the neighbor girls. Mostly (laughs) my family wasn't really in the market for Barbie furniture, but, um, I would try to do that and sell that. I took (laughs) our family movie collection. It was VHS back then. And I turned that into a video rental store. So I would literally make my family pay to watch the movies that we owned. Wow. Yeah. So I had right there. That didn't last very long. Um, I had a a free library with our books, um, put on a rollerblade show and charge the neighbors to come watch it. 
so very early on, I loved the idea of having my own business and being my own boss and turning passions into profit. Um, I've also always loved photography. When I was in seventh grade, I got my first camera and same kind of thing. Like I would bring my family in, my friends in, (laughs) the neighbors in, and I would make them pose for me. So I would do all kinds of portrait photo shoots. I would take pictures of things, items that I owned and try to do studio shots. And I was really proud of myself for all of that, you know, just loved it and felt so good about what I was doing. And when I wasn't doing those two things, I was writing. I love writing. I love words. So while a lot of other kids, you know, my age would be out riding bikes and, you know, whatever else they did. I don't know. Cause I wasn't them. <laughs> I would be in my room writing and I would assign myself reports on like different items and different people that inspired me. And I would dissect their stories and kind of like present, write a report and, you know, peel back the layers of their stories and write about that. So I have always loved words and imagery and storytelling. And especially when the two are matched. So when I was in high school, I went to a tiny uh, high school in a small town, Three Forks, Montana. Um, And throughout high school, my love of photography and words really developed. So I was on the yearbook staff the whole time and I took photos, uh, which was back when we developed our own photos in the darkroom. But I took photos for the yearbook and I helped design the layouts and stuff for that. And I really loved that. But more so, I was on the school newspaper. I was an assistant editor, the photographer and a contributing writer. So I loved that. And that's where even more so my love of pairing imagery with words just really combined and helped me see what was possible. So I knew then I've never, I was never the one to grow up not knowing what I wanted to do. I knew that more than anything, I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to be a photographer and I wanted to do something with words. I just didn't really know how the words fit into anything. So I continued on with photography and I graduated high school in 2002. And at that time in my life, so my dad is originally from the South. That's why I was born in Georgia, but he and my parents had, or he and my mom had moved back to Georgia, um, my junior year of high school. So I stayed up with friends and I finished my senior year. I graduated in 2002, very small class of 31 students. Wow! And I had a big decision in front of me. It was either go to one of the local colleges that everybody else was going to, or do something else. Mm -hmm. And I had the opportunity to go to Georgia because that's where my parents were. So to this day, I still don't know how I did it, but one of the bravest decisions I've ever made was to remove myself from the small town that I grew up in. And the main reasons for that were I was in, you know, some situations and stuff that I knew weren't meant for me and were pretty toxic. And I had to remove myself from that. And I was able to recognize that I was being called towards growth And the only way to do that was to step into fear. And that's been a common theme in my entire life. But as a high school senior, I, I heard it and I knew it and it was terrifying. So I packed up my little Honda Civic and I went from a town with, you know, rural farm town with 3000 people to the middle of the city of Atlanta, um, that at the time had a population of over 3 million people in it. So that was a big change. And it was also two hours from where my parents were living. So they were in Georgia, but I was the only one who wanted to go to the city. So I knew I wanted to pursue photography. So I found the Art Institute of Atlanta. And I remember my mom and I met with um, the, what is it? Admissions. Yeah. yeah, Like the recruiter, whatever. Um. And I said, okay, you know, like, this is what I want to do. I'm a portrait photographer. I love taking pictures of families, you know, maybe weddings. Like, do you think this is a good fit for me? And she's like, oh yeah, this would be a great fit for you, you know, because they want your money. So yeah, everything's a good fit. (laughs) So I enrolled in the Art Institute of Atlanta in September of 2002. 
And um, over the next two years, because it was a year round private art school. So I was able to graduate in two years with a degree in fine art photography. Um, Those two years were honestly like two of the most difficult of my life because I left behind everything that was comfortable for the potential of more. But during those two years, I learned very quickly that that was not a school that was great for portrait photographers. Mm -hmm. That was a school that catered to commercial photographers and not like, you know, branding sessions and stuff you see now, which are fantastic. But, you know, back then it was like commercial, like big, you know, companies and industries and stuff where you created specific photos. And honestly, the weirder the photo, the better it was received. Hmm. And that's just not how I was, you know, I created, you know, portraits and my own kind of art and I love still life, but I wasn't, that industry just didn't click with me. It's not where my passion was. It's not what I wanted to do. Um, so that was really difficult. There were some instructors there that loved my work. There were some that hated my work and told me that I was not a good photographer, that I wasn't going to make it, that I was passing, you know, by the skin of my teeth. And, um, one of them especially said that he wasn't going to sign off on my portfolio, which is what you have to do to graduate from there. So I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, this is, this is what I wanted to do my whole life, but they're telling me I'm not good. So, what do I do now? You know, I lost my identity. I continued writing through college and it was more journaling and stuff, but I still, you know, love the power of words and everything. But when I graduated, um, in 2004 from the art Institute, I moved back in with my parents for a little bit. And I had just this total, just like devastating time where I lost my identity professionally and personally. They told me I wasn't good. So why was I going to continue that? I might as well just quit. Um, And then if I wasn't a photographer, which is what I had been planning since I was in seventh grade, what am I? So I did kind of some odds and ends jobs for a little bit. Um, I moved back to Montana, went to Billings for eight months. And um, (laughs) I was a For eight months, I was a medical biller, which to this day, I still have no idea what that job was, (laughs) (laughs) what they hired me to do, what I was supposed to do. Let's just say that kind of stuff is not for me. I realized quickly that I'm not a Monday to Friday, eight to five office type of a person. That's just Mm -hmm. not who I am. And I very quickly deteriorated with that and developed a horrible anxiety disorder and So I went from Billings and I moved back um, down to Georgia and I did some assisting in a um, photography studio for a bit. And I really, I loved that. I kind of started, you know, dabbling back in photography at that point. Mm -hmm. And I was still terrified though. And I wasn't sure that I was good enough and kind of was lost there. I was still offering portraits to people. Um, but I wasn't loving what I was doing. I did not believe in myself. I stopped writing and was just kind of like figuring myself out, but it was also my twenties, which those are some rough years anyways. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, anyways, I kept on with photography, um, in 2005, I forgot to mention that I opened photography by Allison Louise. Louise is my middle name. And my dad actually picked that name for my business. And so that's sweet. It is so sweet. So I officially opened my first photography business in 2005 and I kept it running, you know, here and there, um, throughout all of this other stuff. Um, but I landed back in Columbus, Georgia, which happens to be next to the biggest army base in the world. And Mm -hmm. I met my husband while I was there and that started a crazy journey. We got married in 2007. We had our son, Ethan in 2010. And I continued on with photography. I did not continue writing because I just didn't, you know, it was a hobby, but then I was like doing the wife thing and the mom thing. And I didn't see how the writing really came into play with what I was doing. I feel like I had the time for it. So I started doing wedding photography. I did that for two years and, um, I'll just sum it up by saying that was not for me. Yeah. Um, Wedding photography is not, not where I was supposed to be. Um, to everybody who's wedding, I photograph, I'm very sorry, but (laughs) 
there were some great experiences with that, though. That could be a podcast of its own. Oh, I'm um, sure. <laughs> well, you got like the wedding industry. Like, there's yeah. great times, and then there's times when you could write a book about it. Weddings um, are something else. That is, they are. <laughs> So I did weddings and then I was like, okay, well, I didn't feel like I was good at weddings. I didn't like it. So I'm like, well, what do I do then? You know, like, you know, trying to be a mom and my husband had a job where he was deploying so much. He was hardly ever there. So I was, you know, kind of doing the single mom thing a lot Yeah. and having a hard time balancing the two. So I went through another phase where I kind of felt like I lost my identity as a professional and did photo shoots here and there and everything. And then, um, my husband, so he was at Fort Benning for uh, 14 years. Wow. And then, so the unit that he's in, um, or he was in, he was in the Ranger Regiment, which is part of the special operations community. And a lot of the public don't know about the special operations community because you just don't really hear about it. But um, with that, you could be stationed in three places in the United States. And two of those are in Georgia. So he got both Georgia spots in his career. So I felt like we were stuck in Columbus, Georgia for the longest time. And then he got a notice that he was transferring to Savannah, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of excited about that. But when we moved to Savannah, so many things started shifting inside of me. First of all, Savannah is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. It is just old, historic, incredible. There's so much culture. There's so much color and vibrance and energy. And it just revived my creative spirit. I really, Mm -hmm. really needed to get out of Columbus, which felt so stagnant to me in so many ways. Yeah. So Savannah, I'm like, okay, this is fun. I'm starting to get inspired again. And I started doing different portraits, like families and engagements and maternity and all this stuff. And I was so excited. I'm like, okay, I actually like photography, but more so too, I started to be proud of my work again, which hadn't happened to me in a very long time. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm back on the right track. This is great. I'm going to keep doing this and see where it leads. Um, so anyways, yeah, so that was, that was fantastic, but things in our personal life just started to get really worn down, which Mm-hmm. They do, you know, for military families, it's, it's yeah. so hard. And my husband ended up spending 17 years in special operations. And in those 17 years, he deployed 18 times and oh he spent a total of right under seven years in combat, not deployed, but actually, you know, in combat for the majority of the deployments, he was in doing that for seven years. Wow. So that took a tremendous toll on him. It took a toll on our marriage. It took a toll on our family life. And, um, we have one son, Ethan, who is now 10 and a half years old. Um, but when Ethan was uh, about six, I would say six or seven, um, Jeremy and I just got to this point where we just said we couldn't do this anymore. And we don't want to be separated as a couple. It was just exhausting. And, we're like, what started to get to the point where, well, you know, like, I feel like it's been enough, you know, you've done enough. We've sacrificed enough. What about us? What about our family? And we started seeing it affecting Ethan. And that was kind of the breaking point for us. Like when Ethan and I would drop Jeremy off for deployments and Ethan would cry the whole way home. I was like, okay, you know, like I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. So Jeremy gifted Ethan and I with the most selfless, incredible gift, which was the decision to step away from the special operations community and seek a transfer to a non-deployable job. I am forever grateful to him for that. It was one of the most loving and again, selfless decisions I can imagine any human making for another. And he was right at the point where he would have been promoted to the final promotion he could have gotten in his military career. Oh my gosh. But he just worked so crazy. (laughs) He just worked his butt off for 17 years and was so close, you know, to like the top of what he'd been working for. And he gave all of that up to be with us more. And so it was, you know, like a total you know, God ordained thing where one of Jeremy's former coworkers, um, had the position of placing these guys in non-deployable jobs, you know, jobs for their future and, um, transition jobs more, more specifically. And so Jeremy got a job, um, 
ROTC and ROTC instructor was pretty much the only thing he could do where we got to pick hopefully the region we were moving to for the first time in 17 years Wow! and pick, you know, the job and stuff. So this guy worked so hard until he got us as close to Montana as he could because Montana was the end goal. And (laughs) first when he told us like where it was going to be, I thought it was in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And I was really excited because for uh, one or two years of my childhood, we lived in Rathdrum right outside of Coeur d'Alene. So I'm like, okay, I know that area, you know, it's fun. It's pretty. There's a beautiful lake. Let's do this. And then we did a little bit more digging and he's like, no, it's actually Washington state university in Pullman, Washington. And I was like, well, what, you know, <laughs> what, what the heck is Pullman? Like what? <laughs> I'm what? And so I looked it up and I will be honest, when I Googled that area, I cried. Um, Target, this is, this is so, this just sounds ridiculous, but Target has been a lifeline of mine through deployments. I'd load Ethan up, we'd go to Target and we'd hang in there. The closest Target was two hours away. (gasps) No. Yep. First world problem, but I was like, Jeremy, hey. Yeah, I know. I'm like, Jeremy, we're moving to the middle of nowhere. Like, is there anything else? And there wasn't. The only other option was Reno. And I just knew Reno wasn't going to be a good fit for our family. So we decided to go, you know, okay, like we'll take it. Like just, you know, again, it's like trusting God, like this was the right decision for us. And sure enough, it absolutely was. So we landed in Moscow. Um, we, so anyway, sorry, we live, we moved to Moscow, Idaho, which is right across the Washington, Idaho border. So Jeremy worked in Pullman and we lived in Moscow and it was like a 20 minute drive from our house to work. Okay. But Moscow is just much more family friendly and it's a beautiful little town. Mm. Um, I say little, but it's like five times the size of the town I grew up in. But um, (laughs) (laughs) so we got to Moscow and a lot of things changed then. Um, You know, for instance, Jeremy went from deploying for 17 years and hardly being home to being home every night for dinner. You know, like we were always together, like he wasn't leaving and it should, you know, it should be just like such a natural thing. Like married couples see each other all the time, you know, like, but for us, it wasn't. And, you know, at that point we'd been married for, uh, uh, 11, 12 years. Um, and that's all we'd known. So then we get over there and personally, it was very difficult first year in our marriage. It was a very difficult first year. And professionally, it was really difficult because I had finally like really built up my clientele mm-hmm. and I had, you know, shoots booked all the time. I had purpose again. I was making money. Um, and just kind of loving that. And we went from, I went from that to moving to the middle of nowhere where I didn't know anybody. And so nobody was booking shoots and it was just full halt. And I was like, what, what do I do? I don't know anybody. You know, I've had to reinvent myself with my client list with our other moves, you know, but for the most part, I was able to keep the same clients and travel to them, you know, and everything. It, yeah. it was it wasn't an option this time. So, um, I really went through like a big identity crisis professionally and personally, but more professionally speaking, where I did not know what I was going to do. You know, I photography was pretty much on pause because nobody knew me, nobody called me. And I was like, okay, well, well, what do I do here? And this is when everything changed for me. Um, and I just, you know, decided that this was the time that I was going to finally do the hard work because my entire life, you know, like you have those, um, true North points and you feel yourself being drawn to those, but it's so easy to get away from that. But it's also so easy to hear that specific calling because of all the noise you create and what you're doing, but it's also terrifying to listen to that. So, you know, one of the other things that I see as one of the bravest decisions in my life besides going to Atlanta for college was being like, okay, why not? I feel like I've kind of hit rock bottom here professionally. Why not try to figure out this other stuff? So I said, okay, I'm not going to run from it anymore. So I sat and I said, okay, I am going to sit with this voice and this like inner knowing and this inner knowledge and this tugging I've always heard, I'm going to sit with it 
And even though it's terrifying, I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to hear everything that it has to say, and I'm going to see where it wants me to go. And that's what I did for pretty much the next year. And, um, I, you know, I'm like, okay, I still love photography. I still love words. No idea what that means. Like, you know, you run through all these ideas in your head and I have all these like passions. I'm like, I could turn this into a business and this, but I didn't want to. So things things started to just kind of fall into place. Like I, I think that they usually do, especially when you're tuned into your intuition. Um, but I ended up meeting, um, someone who would become is going, you know, is a lifelong nearest and dearest friend in Moscow. Her name is Nara Woodland and Nara owns a restaurant in Moscow, Moscow called Bloom. And I kind of like got to know Nara, you know, like on a professional level, we started meeting and I asked her if I could do the marketing for her business. I'd never done marketing before ever. I don't have a marketing degree. I didn't have any background in it, but I'm like, Hey, this just sounds like something that I don't know why I honestly still to this day, like, I don't know why I thought like, can I market your business? But it just happened. And Nara provided me a gift that, um, I just unbelievable that forever changed who I am, what my business is. And she provided me the space and the opportunity to learn marketing for a business where I made so many mistakes and it wasn't perfect. And in the beginning, you know, it wasn't great, but I learned as I went and she was never upset with me. It was just the most nurturing, wonderful, um, experience. And I was in that restaurant all the time, you know, for the next year I was in there, you know, some days, like five days a week, I would take photos for them. I would, I took over their social media. So I was like the photographer, the social media manager. I built a new website, uh, all this other stuff. And then through NARA, I was able to network to other business owners there. So anyways, that is when I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Like, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but my desire is to help other businesses grow and to help other business to tell other businesses stories. So I'm just going to kind of see where this leads me. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, every waking second I was at home, I was like diving into hours and hours of podcasts and self and professional development books, online courses. I was doing the work. I was getting my hands dirty. I was crying. I was pulling my hair out, but yeah. I was working <laughs> as hard as I could, you know, so much coffee, yeah. just figuring it out. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to do something different. And I just felt like I was supposed to start a new business called the Allison Keller company, the Allison Keller co and see what that was. And I didn't want it to be photography by, you know, anything because it was supposed to be more than that. I was feeling a call for more. So I'm like, if I name it this, I can expand and pivot into my purpose. Mm -hmm. So the name came and then I ended up all of a sudden before I knew it, like the next year I was, um, designing people's websites. I was doing copywriting for other businesses. I was mentoring them. I was all kinds of things like helping with branding. And I was the social media manager for nine businesses. Whoa, that's amazing. So that was a a huge learning process. Um, Throughout all of that was really incredible. Um, The experience that I got, I was, you know, in the restaurant industry, retail, uh, real estate. I worked with a former, um, NFL player who, you know, started his own gym, uh, healthcare, (laughs) healthcare industry, massage therapy, construction. Like I've worked, I've worked in all of it, nonprofit work. Um, so I quickly realized that the website design and everything like that, that's just, that wasn't for me. I didn't want to do that anymore. It was fun. Got experience. Didn't want to do that. Social media management, exhausting, um, especially for nine businesses. No. Um, so I started to see, okay, I love, like I'm getting closer. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm getting closer. I'm doing for, and I was still doing photography for almost if not all of those businesses at the same time. So I would take the pictures and then write the words and pair them together, you know, and their marketing and stuff. So Anyways, the time finally came when Jeremy was able to get to a point where he's close to retirement. He officially retires on July 1st after 20 years in the military. Um, 
but he is able to, he was able to get us to Montana early. So we actually moved back. We spent three years in Moscow and then we moved back to, um, Montana in December of 20. Yeah. 2020. (laughs) So yeah. Um, so anyways, I was able naturally it worked out where I wasn't able to work with the Moscow clients anymore, uh, with social media and stuff like that but I still had some in the Bozeman area in Montana that I was working with. And to this day, I still have, uh, three of those clients. Um, but it's been incredible. And then also through that, I, um, am the director of marketing with a Bozeman based nonprofit, big sky bravery. Um, which if anyone has time to look that up, it's bigskybravery.org. And that is, um, it's a nonprofit that's very near and dear to my heart. It was founded by my brother in inspiration of my husband. So it's just, it's, it's just been, thank you. So, yeah. So, um, we're now back in Bozeman after, you know, moving away in 2002 and, I am just loving it. I'm finding purpose. The Allison Keller company is growing behind the scenes. And like I said, I'm contracted through the nonprofit to do their marketing. So I've been doing that, but I am really expanding behind the scenes, uh, my offerings and what I'm doing. And the journey has, you know, led me to where I am now and I'm forever grateful for it. And just, you know, loving where we are now and excited for the next chapter. So in a you know, very long story. That is my story. Oh my gosh. Such a good story. Thank you so much for taking the time to share that. I love hearing all those, how all those experiences have really just brought you to where you are now. That's incredible. Thank you. Well, and would you mind sharing with us the goal that you have accomplished? Yes. So, um, the goal I've accomplished is which I wrote it down every day for a year. I'm like, cause I like to work on one thing at a time. I don't, you know, there's, I don't think priorities should plural. It should be priority. And the one thing that I worked on relentlessly to accomplish is what is my business? What do I offer? And that's the goal. I have finally accomplished that after some really hard work, but, um, that was my number one priority. And I finally feel like I did it. So what is that? Could you share that with us? I would love to. Um, so my heart is, I do work with, you know, male entrepreneurs, but my heart is for creative female entrepreneurs that are introverts. And I love helping them gain confidence, but to draw out their story and tell it in a meaningful purpose-led powerful way. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's going to look differently as 20, uh, 21 continues on. I'll be able to work more. I've done, you know, I've mentored a lot of, um, uh, women who fit that category, but I want my offering to be more impactful. And that's what I've been working on really hard behind the scenes. That is so cool. Now the behind the scenes, is this like top secret or could you? Share <laughs> it's not top secret. I'll share it with you. <laughs> um, so I am going to launch a podcast, uh, in June. Yes. I'm so excited. Um, I don't know what's going to be called yet, but maybe just Allison Keller. Cause everything that I do is Allison Keller, but, um, <laughs> it's basically, it's going to be not necessarily celebrating the stories of everyone, but I truly believe, because I've learned this, you know, in my own life, it's very much, very much so uh, shaped who I am and where I am now. But everyone has a story, but more so there are very powerful nuggets of wisdom in everybody's story. So I could listen to, you know, a podcast with one, you know, guest interview. And there's one thing from there that I will carry with me for the rest of my life. And then it becomes a part of my journey. And then it helps propel me, you know, further along to where I'm supposed to be. It helps me become a fuller version of myself. Mm -hmm. So with my podcast, there's going to be a lot of that. And I want to talk to people in various industries because I've worked in various industries and, I see, you know, the power of it all. And throughout all the different businesses that I've helped with their marketing, there's one common theme. And that is you have to have 
a story, a good story tied to your business. And that's your why that's your purpose. And if people don't know that they're not connected to that, there's a really good chance. They're not going to buy from you. Mm -hmm. And I see so many creative introverted female entrepreneurs. It's a mouthful Mm -hmm. who remain in the shadows, who stay small and who avoid fear at, you know, every twist and turn because they don't think that they're good enough to start. They don't think they're good enough to be seen. They're comparing their work to others. And I really want to talk about that a lot more in the podcast and get really deep into that because I held myself back for a very, very long time. And it's only been in the last, you know, three, four years where, I finally stood up and I looked fear in the face and everything I've wanted has been, you know, through that struggle. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a lot about what the podcast is about. Um, I am also going to do group mentoring sessions and maybe some one-on-one I've done a lot of one-on-one, but you know, maybe like little workshops and groups and stuff, um, to dive into this deeper and really help people with their stories. But, uh, what I am the most excited about is I am, hopefully by the end of this year, um, going to be releasing an online course where it does everything that I just said. I won't reiterate that, but it pulls all this out and yes, it has a marketing background to it, but it's also the power of storytelling and drawing all these women out who have so much to say and so much talent to give, but they're not doing it because they don't know the next step and they don't know how. So the online course is going to do that. It's going to pull all this incredible truth and authenticity out of these talented women. And then it's going to teach them how to display that to the world and how to, um, you know, make their, grow their business with it and get closer to their purpose and niche down and, Um, I'm just, I'm so excited about it. I'm just very, very passionate about it. And I'm such an advocate for, um, stopping that awful comparison game and looking fear in the face and moving forward. It's so incredible. Well, and I've been trying to figure out when the best time to interject and say about, tell, tell everybody about my experience with you as a photographer, (laughs) um, because, I need to make sure everybody hears about what it was like to have Allison as a photographer. So funny story. This is how Allison and I know each other. We were connected through, you had taken our realtors photographs mm-hmm. for her business. This must've been 2016 or 2017. And uh, they were just amazing. And I was like, who took your photos? Like seriously, who took them? Cause they're awesome. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, my friend, Allison Keller. And I was like, I've never heard of her. Like, who is she? Like, where, how do I find her? And so I Google searched you basically, and then started following you on social media. And then was like, I must have a photo shoot with you ASAP. And so we did a photo shoot and we did it in 2018. And actually I have her photos up around my house in various places. I told her I'm going to send her the photos to show her where her photos are in my house. Cause there's many of them. Some are 24 by 48 canvases. So they're big. And anyways, I don't know how much photography you're doing though now, Allison, as I think, as I'm sharing this, are you still doing quite a bit of photography for people? Um, so it's funny. I'm now what I say, a word of mouth photographer where Um, I'm very, very selective about the photo shoots that I do now. Um, I will forever serve past clients because I have clients like yourself that I Mm -hmm. adore and I love working with and I'll forever serve past clients. Um, I do, uh, like some branding sessions and stuff here and there. Um, but like I said, I, um, have just, you know, gotten to the point in my career where I'm not on social media saying, Oh, I have a, you know, booking, opening, offering photography. That's not what I'm feeling called to do. So okay. yes and no, if that answers. So you're saying I can still book a shoot with you. Right you can, <laughs> yeah, you can for okay, sure. That's well, I probably should stop getting people's hopes up then because <laughs> I'm just going to continue to go on and on. I do think one thing I've always been impressed with, and I think you do this really well. I think this is just a skill photographers pick up along the way, but because often you're meeting the person for the first time. Often you're meeting the photographer for the very first time. Like yeah. you show up with your airbrush makeup on and your rose gold sequin <laughs> dress. And there you are for the first time meeting them 
and you're like expected to be comfortable in front of the camera. And Mm -hmm. I just thought you did such an incredible job of making it easy for us to just be ourselves. Cause I think that's what I've loved so much about the photo shoot. I mean, I'm still enjoying the photos here three years later. I just printed some out again. They're rotating through my house because I really think it was my very favorite photo shoot that I ever had. I've done a lot of photo shoots now. And I think that was my very favorite one. And I think it's because we were just so ourselves. It was a photo shoot with um, my husband and I up in Montana, up in Highlight Canyon. And I had this beautiful rose gold dress. And at one point, like got into the water with the dress and dropped it. And it was so fun. So to this day, still enjoying the, I mean, investment and like gift of those photos, you know, and that is like, I feel like that's like the highest praise a photographer could get, right? Like a past client who's like, oh, do it again. Oh, at any moment. Yeah. And it means, well, thank you so much for that. It means a lot that you were comfortable. That's been a huge, huge thing for me. Cause you know, way back in the day I showed up and I was just as nervous as my clients were. And now it's become so comfortable for me, but I also can recognize when it's not comfortable for them. And I, I totally get that. So thank you. That was yes. really well, I look forward to another photo shoot with you, hopefully in the very near future. As do I. And I see that one uh, picture of you and Ben right behind you. And I love yes. it. I'm happy. <laughs> it is so good. Well, tell me this, as you have worked on this goal, and I know there's several that you're working towards, it sounds like as well, and just the rest of the year, what are some things that have worked well for you? And what are maybe some things that haven't worked well? Oh, well, um, I can start with, uh, what hasn't worked well and what hasn't worked well is, uh, absolutely, um, not doing the work. Um, like I said, if avoiding the fear, staying in my comfort zone hasn't worked, um, not like dedicating specific time to listening and implementing. Yeah. So what has worked would, you know, be the opposite of all of that. But, um, also, you know, just investing in myself, um, was huge because I've always put myself last, you know, that's just how I am. I'm a people pleaser, um, introvert. So I stay quiet, you know, so not as I get older, I talk a lot more, but, um, you know, I was like staying quiet and I was trying to make everybody around me happy. And I finally got to the point where I'm like, you know, what about me? I'm, I'm not happy. Like, you know, maybe it's time now to, you know, give to myself and stuff. So, um, that, that really worked for me was making the decision like, okay, you know, it's me time now I'm going to move forward with this. And, um, I'm just going to do the hard work and I'm going to be terrified, but I'm going to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. That is so good. Well, could you share a little bit about what a typical day in your life would look like? And as I asked that question, I'm also aware that some people, they want to actually share their like ideal day. So you can share your ideal day or your typical day, whichever one you feel like. Well, um, I don't honestly know what my ideal day would be. So I'll share my typical day, (laughs) but I feel like it changes every day. Um, so like a typical day, um, well, weekends are usually spent soaking up as much family time because I really dedicate Monday through Friday to work. And, um, I try not to do like, look at social media very much on the weekends and just really take a breather. So on the weekends, you'll see me trying to soak up time with, you know, my husband and my son. And now that we live back around my parents and, you know, my brother, his wife and their little girl, try to soak up as much time with them as possible. I love, love my family. Um, I also love to read. So on the weekends, you might see me reading, but I try not to work anymore on the weekends. I used used to, you know, try to get as much work as I could in seven days a week. So I really tried to create that balance. But um, Monday through Friday, uh, right now with my son in school, I drop him off and then I go um, to work. I actually work out of the nonprofit office. I have my own desk uh, where I work on their stuff and mine. Um, so Monday through Friday, I am there most of the days trying very hard to balance my business and then the nonprofit work. Um, and then, and then, um, the evenings are spent, uh, with my family lately. It's been baseball games for Ethan, but fun. I really, really try to have my work done by the time I'm home because I feel like I have one shot 
I do. I have one shot at being a mom and, um, cause I have an only child. And yeah. when he talks to me, I want to look at him in the eyes and let him know that what he says is important and it's valuable. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be one of those moms whose kids are talking to them while I'm looking down at my phone or looking at my computer screen. I want to be present for that. Yeah. So I have really, really, really done, you know, worked hard to make that happen. So evenings are spent reading, spending time with my family, looking them in the eyes, talking to them. And I've noticed too, that since I've gotten older, I ask questions more about them, you know, their journey, how they're really doing instead of just coasting, because I had to work really hard to get back to a point where I asked the questions and I was vulnerable myself and stuff. So I'm kind of in a season of celebrating that too, and just really enjoying the very close selective community that I have around me. That's so good. That is awesome. Well, that sounds like a great day. <laughs> I know, but like, well, maybe that is my ideal day. I don't know. I love, I do love days with no commitments. Commitment, like makes me freak out. It's like the introvert in me. So if I wake up on a Saturday, I have nothing planned. I'm so happy. Like, what is this world? I'm like, yeah, I can do whatever I want. Love it. That is so awesome. (laughs) What is something that you have enjoyed as you've been building Allison Keller Co.? This is like a total left field question, but what have you you enjoyed most about the process of building? Because it seems like you've been at it for a long time. You've learned a lot. It sounds like you've learned a lot of things that don't work. And then you've learned a lot of things that do work and you've learned what you want to spend your time doing, you know, what you don't want to spend time, your time doing, like, it seems like you've just learned so many things mm-hmm. over the course of these years, which is like so valuable, right? Like worth its weight in gold, literally. Um, and so what would you say that you enjoy most about this process that you've been in and that you're continuing on in? I love the fact that, I am not dedicating hundred percent of my time to building others dreams, but I'm actually investing in my own dream. So that has been huge. Um, God being my own boss, you know, and I really, really, really love if I can inspire one person in some small way, that's like, okay, that's my validation. I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing. It's just the best feeling when you give encouragement, the right encouragement to the right person at the right time. It's just, it's fulfilling in ways, you know, it's so hard to put into words. Yes. Oh yeah. I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah. That is so good. And I'm just excited for where the Allison Keller Co. is going to be going. It sounds like there's some exciting things coming up. And also I really enjoy your newsletter. A newsletter. I don't know how often is it like once a month or something like that? No, it's uh, every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Oh my gosh. It's more than once a month. I visit yeah. them all. You can check. You can talk to check. They've all I will. I'll look when I get home. Yes. <laughs> I, is that like proof how fast the weeks go, right? I'm like, that's oh, only yeah. once a month. Oh, for sure. For oh sure. my gosh. But they're so good. And you sign up for those on your website. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Right Alice from the website. Keller Co. Um, allisonkeller.com and it's a L L Y S O N. Thanks. I'm so grateful. My parents, they spelled it with a Y it's always made me (laughs) allisonkeller.com. You can sign up for the weekly newsletter. Yes. And it's been like some random encouragement really, right? Like it's like totally what's happening in your life. It's very honest, very authentic, very real, and also very short. So it's not like this, you know, 20 minute time commitment. Yeah. I don't know. I've enjoyed just seeing what's happening with you through those newsletters and just like where, where the business world, your business is taking you. And so it's fun to just kind of watch from the sidelines in that. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Well, I am quite honored that you love them and you read them. So thank you. Yes. Oh, it's so easy like to never say, like, you probably have no idea how many people like open the newsletters. Right. Cause I also send out a newsletter and sometimes I'm like, is anybody on the other end? Like, is anybody there? Like I see that yeah. it's getting opened, but you know, yeah. you just sometimes want to know. And so that's why I just yeah. take every chance I can get to tell people like, keep doing the stuff, like keep creating, keep sending out the newsletters, keep making the podcast, keep, yeah. just keep throwing things against the wall because chances are it's bringing a lot of joy and meaning and purpose and clarity to someone else's life. So Yeah, absolutely. And I guarantee like every single email, every social media post, every podcast, 
it is going to mean something and move the needle for one person, at least one person. Mm -hmm. And if you're showing up for just that one person, you've done your job. Mm -hmm. So true. That is so true. Well, was there anything from your past that you can see was preparing you for where you are now? Absolutely everything. Honestly, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, like from the early entrepreneur stories and the early stories of words and imagery, it's just, it's all been part of, are all been part of the greater plan, you know, and the purpose for my life. And, you know, the more clear I get on what I'm offering and who I am, the more bits and pieces I see from the journey, like, oh my gosh, this was part of it all along. Like, that's incredible. So I mean, everything, all the decisions and places I've lived, it's all like pieces of this puzzle that were meant to happen. And, you know, you walk through stuff, it's really hard. It doesn't make sense. And you don't understand why it's happening. And then you get out of it. You're like, oh my gosh, I was meant to walk through that. Mm -hmm. Thank God that happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good perspective. And it makes me think too, of even just reflecting on the last like year, last year and a half, you know, I think everybody's had some craziness in their life happens. I'm sure people have had their lives thrown upside down to some degree, right? Like we've all had to say no to things or they yeah. just, it's been forced on us, but um, it makes me think of just how you can interpret things going the way you don't want them to go, you know, and yeah. like, how is, how can this be happening for you instead of to you? I love, I love that perspective of like, oh, this is, this is going to be a part of my story. Like what, what part of my story is today going to play or this week or this month or this season or this failed business or this, you know, business that completely took off or, you know, all those things. It's just like, wow, if, if we can slow down, and this is what I'm always saying to myself, if I can just slow down for a second and think about that perspective, yeah. that will give me just a lot of clarity for where to go next, instead of just being like, what's next, what's next, you know, yeah, like, so easy to be frantic about those things, but it's like, man, all this stuff is part of the big picture and it's all needed to make the big picture. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. There's so much power in that. And it's so easy to go to the negative mindset and like, Oh, poor me. Like life is hard. Like life is just one hard thing after another. And I can say that I fought really hard to get out of that perspective. Cause for the longest time I was like, I'm not a good photographer. You know, like I don't have a purpose. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, well, what, what if I've been listening to the wrong voice or what if I've missed, you know, all these things that have happened and sure enough, I was. So when I switched that mindset, which every day, like not just every day, but almost, you know, a lot of situations I have to take the, take a minute and flip the switch on that and be like, okay, well, how is this serving me? Cause it is, it's going to serve you in one way or another, even if it's like, you know, where you find out like, this isn't meant for me, or, um, this isn't the direction I want to go, you know, or I actually don't think that's a very good person, you know, or like good decision for me, everything serves a purpose. And if you can turn into that life is so much better. And I actually have a sign in our living room, um, that says there is always something to be grateful for. Mm. And, I look at that, you know, all the time, my husband and my son look at it and that has really changed too, because, you know, our entire journey, we're like, Oh, what, once we get to your retirement, once you're out of the military, like, our lives, our lives are going to be better. It's going to be good. Well, there was so much, you know, goodness the whole time. I just yeah. lost focus of that. Yeah. So yeah. So true. It's important. It's powerful when you change your, your mindset on that. That is so true. Well, I have just a few last questions for you, Allison, and these are oh, yeah. just fun. <laughs> what is your go-to coffee order? It will forever be a brevet. Um, more really? Oh, I love brevets. They're just oh, so me too. They're delicious and creamy. Oh, but <laughs> vanilla brevet, and I always, always, always order my coffee extra hot. Like I want it to burn my mouth the first time I drink out of it. I don't know why, but I love my coffee piping hot. I so love extra that. hot vanilla brevet would be my answer. Extra hot vanilla brevet. Okay. Yes. yes. That is amazing. <laughs> I love good. that. I'm going to have to try that. I do love, oh. I do love a brevet. That's for yeah. sure. It's really good. Do you ever drink them iced or is it just hot? I drink lattes iced, but that would like be, we're talking like in the middle of the day, July or August, but usually you'll see me order an extra hot coffee, even in like 75 degree weather. Yeah. 
I know. Today, I was drinking a hot coffee just now, and I was like, yeah. I'm crazy, because I'm definitely sweating a little bit. It's hot. It's like 80 degrees here, and I'm oh, like, I'm a hot coffee. You know, why not? Yeah. I mean, why not add to it? Is there something so comforting and inspiring about a warm cup of coffee? I just feel like anything's possible and the world's okay when you're doing that. So yes. Why not? Like a hug in a cup, right? Yes, it is. It's absolutely <laughs> a hug in a cup. <laughs> we need more of those in our life. That's what I Yeah, mean. we do. We do. <laughs> what is something that inspires you? Oh man, I'm one of those people that gathers inspiration from so many places like books, podcasts, being outside. Uh, I mean, I could go on forever, but I will say that one thing that's been really, um, like really a foundation of inspiration for me in this journey is Instagram. (laughs) And the reasons for that is I am super, super selective on who I follow. (laughs) And if I don't gain not in my personal account, but my professional account, um, which is the one I'm on all the time. But if I don't gain inspiration, community or education from someone, I just don't follow it because time is just so precious. And I've realized that. So when I'm on Instagram, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I'll follow accounts with these incredible, inspiring quotes or, you know, people that are sharing education, um, stuff like that. So Instagram, can be awful, especially if you get stuck in the comparison game, but, um, it can also be one of the best places for inspiration and growth. If you use it wisely and you put up boundaries and you protect yourself by who you're following. I love those guidelines. That's incredible. So if it's not inspiring, educating, or providing a sense of community, Mm -hmm. providing community. Yeah. It's just a no for you. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. That's something I learned over time. And that's also like the, you know, main gist of the messaging I try to put out for myself and my clients too. It's like, is this inspiring somebody? Is this educating somebody? And is this making someone feel, you know, seen, heard, accepted, wanted, uh, celebrated? Yeah. That is so good. Otherwise social media is just noise and it's yep. time consuming. Yeah. And just can completely be like an addiction, you know, like you yeah. just, you grab your phone and you just look at it. And you're like, what am I doing? I wasn't yeah. wanting to do that. And here I just I know. looked at it. I know. It's like an hour later. I'm like, I just saw a hundred TikTok videos and <laughs> I haven't cooked dinner yet. Like <laughs> it's such a I trap. know, right? It's such a trap. Oh, well, that's good. Those are good guidelines to use. I'm sure you could really apply those. I mean, social media and, you know, beyond even like, yeah you know, TV or movies or even just anything you consume yeah. because now it just seems like there's so much that you can consume in a day. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't, if you're not intentional about it, it just gets in, it just mm-hmm. gets into your brain, gets into your mind and yeah. you're realizing your, you know, perspectives all off. And so I love yeah. those guidelines. Yeah. Intentional simplicity is, is way to go. It's a way to do it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Now, if there is one piece of advice that you would want our listeners to take away from this conversation today, what would it be? I don't know if this is one or two. It's probably two, but um, I would say if you wait until you're ready, you are never, ever going to take action. (laughs) Um, Fear is always going to be the loudest voice. If you let it, it's going to take over. You're not going to get started. If you compare yourself with what others are doing, where they are in their journey, what they're creating, you're never going to begin. And I think all of those, you know, go back to starting when you're ready. You can make a million excuses for why you shouldn't do something, Mm -hmm. but there's also always going to be a million reasons for why you should. So you have to just take action. And with action comes a tremendous amount of clarity Mm -hmm. and just do it. That's like the biggest thing I can say, even when I didn't know what I was doing, like creating what direction I was going in, I would just get a notebook and a pen out and I would just do brain dump after brain dump and get out whatever came to me. And that is the only reason why I kept going. And I started because I was able to draw bits and pieces of truth out. I didn't feel ready, but I did it anyways. And it was a hundred percent what I was supposed to do. And I still don't feel ready, but I still, you know, I feel a hundred percent that this is what lights my, you know, heart and soul on fire, what I'm supposed to be doing. But do I feel ready to start a podcast? No. Do I feel ready to start an online course? No, I'm never going to, but I absolutely feel like it's what I'm supposed to do. That's awesome. Such good words of wisdom there. 
Now, how can people find you? Is there a platform that you like to hang out on the most? Definitely Instagram. I love Instagram. I, it's just so creative and you can just do so many incredible things on there. So I try to show up on my story and let my followers into my day-to-day stuff. Um, you know, try to be transparent and provide educational. I've been doing something called marketing Mondays on Instagram where every Monday, which I know you're a fan. You're so sweet. I'm a big fan of those marketing <laughs> Mondays. I've screenshotted lots of the things. Oh, yay. That's awesome. Thank you. But I show up and I just do a quick video. I try, you know, other than this podcast where I've been talking a lot, but I love it. Um, (laughs) I try for everything to be short and sweet because time is so limited and you want your messaging to be simple. People are busy. So I get on and I do, you know, like I said, you know, like my guidelines for the posts, like whether it's a post or a story or marketing Monday, which are stories. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Allison Keller co CO. And, um, I just try to, you know, educate, inspire, provide community, um, with everything that I do. So find me there, Instagram. I'm on Facebook too, but I, I'm not a Facebook fan. Yeah. And your website, tell me again, is it AllisonKeller.co? It's, um, AllisonKeller.com. Dot com. Okay. Dot com. Yeah. No, it's my name's all over everything. So as long as you spell A L L Y S O N, you should be able to find me. But everything I do is just my name. My name. Yes, that's good. I love that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been such a treat to get to hear your story. And I'm so excited for your podcast to come out. I'm going to be your very first subscriber. So cannot wait. And in the meantime, uh, we'll catch up with you on Instagram, see what you're up to and your newsletters. And yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of the Fat Girl Podcast. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode.